0: Welcome back to the Make Account Podcast.
1: I'm Marcus Meir, founder of Mirror Group CPAs and the Total Control Accounting System.
0: And I'm Tyler Warner, small business owner with a lot of accounting questions.
1: And today we're talking about predicting your small business's future. That sounds pretty awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Right.
0: And a better title than what we had originally, I'll say. (laughs) Well, Um, that's why I have you.
1: (laughs) My title, Um, I don't think, was um, what you would call a headline grabber.
0: Yeah, it's fine. But it's... To that end, we're going to be talking a lot about the meat and potatoes of things that you need to do if you really want to get an idea of, you know, what's coming in your business, how you can get there, essentially. So, um, yeah, let's let's get to it.
1: Yeah. So we're talking really what you and I we kind of sat down and said what what are some things people struggle with, and to not get in the weeds of accounting talk and jargon. And the, the thing we kept coming back to. Which is the lifeblood of every business is cash flow and so starting to understand cash flow in a simplistic form because i think a lot of things you can do a business you can overcomplicate, and we're going to get into some of the methods you use in kind of your small business just some some really simple tools that that work but also understand real simple real simple um <laughs> understandable let's say that yeah. but also these tools that you you take those tools and you combine them with starting to get a little bit better understanding of the historical financial statements like the P&L and the balance sheet.
0: Yeah. And I wanted to frame this conversation around basically, you know, I know, I know this, I'm this way. Kind of the storytelling sometimes is the easiest way to kind of really grasp things. Yep. And so I thought it'd be good for us to kind of frame the conversation with like a sample business. Yep. So we've decided beforehand that we're going to use a pest control company. Yep. Uh, and kind of through the lens of a pest control company, explain, you know, cash flow, P&L, yep. everything you could do with it. Yep. And so, you know, if you're listening to this, try to imagine. And it won't be hard for you to imagine your business in the, in the shoes of this pest yeah. control company because it's just an example. But I feel like that's easier to do in a sense than if we didn't choose anything at all.
1: Yeah, and I think... W- I think it'll resonate with people because we're going to talk about you know potentially borrowing money to buy fixed assets or a vehicle um costs that vary depending upon the usage like Mm -hmm. in in terms of a a pest control business chemicals the chemicals are directly tied to the amount of houses you spray i think Mm -hmm. people can kind of understand that concept and then to start to talk about you know how much you can make per employee so to speak Mm -hmm. you know the kind of a leverage model um so let's get into it.
0: All right. So tell us about this pest control just to kind of set it up.
1: All right. And I will, I'm going to preface this by saying I don't have any pest control businesses. So if, <laughs> there, <disclaimer>. any, if, <laughs> if, if, if there are any exterminators out there who think I've lost my mind or don't know what I'm talking right. about. I think probably both might yeah. be true in this
0: scenario. And secretly I'm actually looking to purchase a pest control <laughs> company, so this is all a ruse. Um, this is due to, dil- d- This exactly. is in your due diligence period actually. Right.
1: All right, so let's this is the scenario I drummed up. Okay. Pest control owner, he he's on salary, 75,000, he's got one tech, kind of a guy out in the field. The guy, the nice guy who comes to your house monthly to spray, mm-hmm. and he gets paid fifty thousand, and he's got an in-house kind of secretary, admin, dispatch. I think everybody can relate to that mm-hmm. kind of that jack of all trades back at the office. Okay, they've got two trucks, so each guy works in the business. The owner's one of the, the technicians as well. They bought these trucks for thirty-five thousand. They financed them. They're paying six hundred bucks a month, and. They've got fifteen grand a, mo- a year, fifteen a month, fifteen thousand dollars a year in rent, and chemicals are about ten percent of sales. Which is kind of, again, I have no clue what I'm talking about sure. on that. That sounds uh, right. That sounds right. <laughs> and then sales of two hundred fifty thousand. Okay. All right. So when you do that, let's kind of just get into some quick high-level numbers. On those sales, that amount of payroll, cost of goods sold, cost of goods sold being the chemicals, you make a profit of thirty thousand dollars.
0: Okay. Before we move on and maybe jump into, uh, yeah. you know, I'll try not to keep this pace <laughs> of right. questions. Uh, what defines cost of goods sold? It makes sense to me that it, it would be chemicals, right? Yeah. But like it wouldn't be maybe equipment.
1: Correct. Yeah. And, and I probably said that in the wrong way in terms of a pest control business. You, okay. you could say your chemicals are cost of goods sold because you expend, you use them as you spray them. And so, but, but I guess my point is most people consider cost of goods sold as like widgets on a shelf. Okay. Meaning I don't expense it or recognize it as a cost until I use it. Okay. So I'd probably a lack of, you know, poor wording there on saying cost okay. of goods sold. All
0: right. Well, yeah. I didn't mean to direct. No, no. Especially. Thanks for the
1: clarification. <laughs> all right. So let's just say that business with all that income and those expenses nets 30000 Okay. Okay. So the first thing to think about is what did the owner make? Let's just talk about that. I still, you know, just in terms of being in the owner's shoes. Well, the owner made 30 grand plus his salary. So I think I said in the example, he made 75. Okay, so right then and there, if you want to think, let's think a couple of different concepts. His take home is about 100, he's 105, the net of the business plus his salary. Um, and that's what he's going to pay taxes on. So this is the first thing we kind of start to think about in terms of small business. Uh, what did I make and my cash flow is? What did I take home? What am I going to pay taxes on? That's before we even talk about any kind of other payments. Okay. Um any questions there?
0: No, I'm I'm tracking with that. You're tracking with that?
1: Okay. Next thing to do is let's talk about the difference between profit, which I said it's 30 grand, simply the amount of income less all the expenses and we kept it real simple, payroll, rent, salaries, and chemicals. The cash flow would be 16,000. And so the difference would be that your debt payments, like I said in the beginning, we have $14,000 a year of payments on these two trucks are not on your P&L. So let's kind of get into that a little bit. Yeah. Um, that
0: seems like they should just fix that. <laughs> Every time I've looked at a P&L, yeah. and it's always like, oh, wait, that doesn't include... You're like, what? De- I'm like, who's this benefiting? Not not putting that in there, <laughs> you know?
1: Right, right. It's And it's because I, I don't want to get too technical in it, but it's because the expense generally would be the depreciation of the asset. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Just throw that to the side. Yeah. Um so yeah, the difference between the, the net income and the cash flow is the things that don't hit the things or the the expenditures or it or inflows that don't hit the PL and, and debt service being one of them. The interest would be deductible here. Okay. But the, the, the principal payments. So first thing to understand is you don't have thirty thousand dollars to just grab in that business. It's you have sixteen. Right, so that's a big that that's already just kind of a thing a lot of people don't understand. Right. Um, so from there, what I kind of just look at this is, you know, let's kind of get into what you were talking about in terms of your cash flow method, just to kind of start bridging this gap.
0: Yeah, I think what's problematic is if you're the pest control guy, is that's like, you got you found that out after you turned all your stuff into the accountant, right? Right. So, um, whereas like oftentimes the pest control guy are you know, what I've, the shoes I've been in is like, you're trying to predict, okay, the next three to six months for me to make payroll, for me to actually buy more equipment or whatever the thing might be, you really need to be able to see, okay, I'm gonna be, I'm expecting this much revenue from invoices or current contracts or whatever, and I've got this much expenses, but it's mapped out to actual calendar date so that you can kind of see into the future and see, all right, well, in two months from now, um, if everything goes as planned, I'm going to have X amount in the bank, you know. Or hey, in six months, if we don't get any new, if we don't land this contract, right. if we don't get any new business, things are going to look grim. You yeah, know?
1: and and I will say, I want to want to clarify when you're saying expenses, you're saying outflows. Okay. So you're right. I mean, you're you're meaning everything that's coming out of the bank account. Sure, I mean, which again was that point I was making about just a, just not getting into the weeds of accounting right. too much. But you got to understand there are some things that don't hit your P and L that affect cash flow. So when you're right. saying expenses, I'm trying to get in the shoes of a client here. I know what you're thinking. Yeah. You're thinking outflows.
0: Yeah. See, that's the, I think the confusing part about it is I would never exclude debt payment from right. an expense. Right. Because it practically is something you're required to right. pay, right? So yeah, if I'm looking at the future cash flows, I'm building that into it. Which as sounds, well you should, right? Sounds well correct. It's just I need to understand the terminology so that I can understand. Okay, well,
1: right. Because um, well, because because what we're going to get into is let's talk about why. Okay, let's contrast what you're saying, which is okay. I got my short-term cash flow, which is all the pest control contracts we're going to collect on in the next month. Let's just do a month cash sure. flow minus. Mm-hmm all of the things we're going to pay, payroll, rent, and the debt service. Sure. Okay, so those are the outflows. So what what doesn't that tell you? I'm going to pose a question to you. What, so what what doesn't that cash flow tell you that the P&L will tell you? I'm kind of giving you a loaded question because I have the answer.
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you impulsively, that's what I would think I would crave. That's the information I crave the most. Right. And so I go to that to kind of like make – practical decisions, you know, and I I try to, you know, if I was the pest control guy and I'm thinking, always thinking of growth, right? Right. So I'm thinking all right, when can I buy another truck? When can I hire the next employee? When can I get another chemical that's going to be better than the chemical I've got now so I can charge a premium or whatever it might be and I'm looking at that and saying, okay, well, I can do it in two months because I'll have the cash to do it. Right. Um, So what it doesn't tell me i guess is anything outside of that
1: yeah know? so well the, the thing that, that kind of came to mind is why you need both you know this and this is this discussion is we're trying to bridge the gap between this kind of cash flow planning which a lot of people do and even and a lot of software does um, and i do it in my business too i do a lot of kind of just uh you know quick hand you know quick shorthand like okay what are we going to have if we spend this much but and we make this much, or or I would say collect this much. But the thing it's not showing you is how profitable you are in the sense that, okay, this truck, let's just say, let's take our field tech in the example. I said he makes 50 grand, his truck costs 35,000, so that's 85. Uh, throw in some payroll tax of about five grand on 50. So what's that, 90? And his truck brings in 125 in terms of, like, his route, mm-hmm. I should say. So... That is nowhere in your discussion. It's kind of baked into the fact of what your ultimate month in cash will be. Right. But it doesn't tell you that you could go right now, if you had the 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 structure in place, and just hire another guy. Yeah. That, generally speaking, other than the front the fronting of his payroll, which would right. be in your shirt your short term cash flow. Because yeah. you'd be thinking, okay, I gotta got a I gotta pay this guy for a month with no revenue. Yeah. But you're not but what it wouldn't take into consideration is but it would easily pay for itself. Right. That's where and the profitability this, comes in.
0: This may be podcast gold. <laughs> is it's like the difference between like just having enough gas in your tank to keep the car going right. versus like understanding the fuel efficiency and like more nuance of what what in the engine might be causing more gas to be burned or not. Or let me give you a better Maybe, example. Let yeah. me give you a better example. Just to use the real gas podcast terminology.
1: Gold. Yeah, real podcast <laughs> gold. Better terminology. Okay, let's say in your example, you've got five dollars of cash to buy gas and the gas costs four dollars a gallon. But you could go borrow twenty dollars and pay a dollar per gallon. And you know that somebody's going to pay you in a week twenty two dollars because they owe you money. You would just go, Oh man, I'll borrow the twenty bucks, pay gas for a dollar. You get what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. that's getting into profitability versus short term scarcity of your cash. Right. So, your cash is limited, and man, I can only buy five bucks of gas. Right. But you just step back and go, but hold on a second. If I just do this other method, I can buy gas for a dollar. I just have to be able to right. weather that storm. Sure. That's the PL that tells you can you weather the storm? Gotcha. It tells you how profitable you are because, because you and I both know this. The PL is not your cash flow, but it's it generally is going to tell you what your cash flow will be
0: Uh
1: i mean because it says here's what i made here's what i spent whether i've collected that or spent that or obviously here's what i made and here's what i'm going to spend if you're on an accrual basis. and
0: so to maybe make sure that i'm tracking with you like in that scenario you're looking at the pnl and you're saying okay um this this pest control exterminator he's you know It costs his salaries X amount, his trucks X amount, but he bills a year X amount. Correct. And then I can look in the P and L and see all of that information combined. That's right. And then anticipate, all right, well the difference was let's say twenty grand or or whatever. I can anticipate okay, well that's twenty grand in cash flow that I should be able to expect. Over time. Over time. But
1: admittedly, back to your your the example you Mm -hmm. give admittedly, the twenty grand might come at a cost of a fronting of a two-month salary. Right. So that's where you have to understand, like, okay, and this is where some of my clients that are the best kind of nuts and bolts, common-sense business owners get this concept, mm-hmm. which is, okay, I know, relatively speaking, that new truck and that new route is going to make me $25,000, but it might cost me $6,000 at, at the beginning. Right. What do I need to do in my risk tolerance – to make sure that I can handle the six, meaning when I say risk tolerance, some people say I don't want any more debt. Okay, sure. I understand that. Yeah. But some people might say, okay, no, I, I'll i take on some debt or I have the cash. Right. Whatever that looks like. Yeah. The understanding of that 25 is going to come to roost at some time. And all you had to do was front six. Right. And that's where the P&L and the profitability come into play in conjunction sure. with the short-term cash yeah, flow. Yeah, the
0: one kind of chases the other. That's right. Kind of constantly. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think that is a good point to make because I've traditionally been a little bit more like debt adverse because yeah. I've had professional services companies that don't have a lot of assets tied to them. Right. So, you know, it's a little, it's a little, in my opinion, you don't want to go into too much debt right. if you're just selling time, essentially. Yeah. But um, that's probably why I've leaned so much on the cash flow because I haven't thought of the point you brought up earlier of like, okay, well, yeah, it's a no-brainer if you can borrow that and you know with predictability that yeah. it's, it's going to return. And
1: that's where it's – and then kind of the nuance to it is then you just get into more of your tolerance. Mm-hmm. And Do I want to deplete my cash to front? We keep using this route as an example, yeah. but I think it makes the point. Right. Think about your new employee you want to hire in a marketing business. You want to go in this new line of work where you know, okay, yeah. your business. I never had a – we're gonna go horizontal. I never had a web guy. Now I got a web guy. I know he's gonna bring in a hundred grand, mm-hmm. but it's gonna take me some time to get that hundred. But I gotta pay him sixty. Right. So the forty's there. Yeah. It's just when. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And the pest control example. I mean, th- there's a lot where my mind goes too. It's like, okay, if you're gonna acquire another, another company, right? You know, and you can kind of see, all right, I don't know if they call them routes, but it makes sense. Yeah, a route. You know, okay, yeah. I'm gonna. Our contracts. I've yeah. got forty new homes that I'm going to acquire from this other business that are already have contracts. Right. Then you obviously you're going to have to pay to get yeah. that, but you can you can see already where that um, where your cash flows would be.
1: Absolutely. And then you start to understand. Like again, I don't think these are these are kind of accountant talk, but you start to understand like variable costs versus fixed. Okay. So let's give an example. You start and, and we've been talking the whole time about variable costs, meaning costs that go up in relation to revenue so perfect example is every house i spray i use chemicals i don't spray a house i don't use chemicals the chemicals vary with the usage right and if i have a route if we Mm -hmm. keep talking about i need a guy so that that guy so every time i add a route add a guy add a truck those are all variable costs but what we aren't talking about is fixed costs so the rent is as long as adding a new route doesn't make us operate in a new location all we have to worry about are the variable costs. Mm-hmm. We just have to say in our example, if we think he's going to bring in one twenty five, does one twenty five exceed all the additional costs that come with that guy? Right, because the fixed costs are already covered. So, again, you start to get into these concepts in the P and L and your cash flow in tandem. Um, and I think that's where the gold is. Yeah.
0: So, how often do you recommend like? I'll say this. the cash flow that I described, like that spreadsheet that mm-hmm. sort of looks in the future. i'm I almost check that daily, certainly Absolutely. weekly, um, because, you know, obviously it changes the closer you get into real time. Right. Um, admittedly, I don't look at the p and l as much, right. And historically, like when I was had a bigger business or managing more things, uh, I still didn't. It was yeah. maybe, you know,
1: yeah, I think the missing quarterly at best. Right, the missing piece is you don't. I would say you don't understand why in detail, which you have to get there. Why your cash flow is what it is. You understand what makes up your cash flow, but you don't. I'm saying you, generally mm. business owner, don't understand why it is, and that's what. And that's why I think it's good that we're giving this example. We have to understand why the cash flow is what it is. Why is it? it? Is because your P and L tells you what your cash flow will be. Your P&L tells you what you're going to bring home on your operations, and then you just subtract it from that, generally speaking, the debt payments, and that's the amount of cash you have left.
0: Gotcha. How intuitive is surmising that information when you look at your P&L? Is it based on just how you've entered the data? Um, Or, you know, P&L, the ones I've seen and the ones I've generated, it's, it's basically just groups of categories. Right. Is it take a second look a more closer look to do the scenario we talked about where you're looking at okay X guys costing me X amount for his truck and yeah you know. usually
1: that's it just okay it just depends I want to clarify a couple of things we're saying P&L a lot that means profit and loss just for you know just there so we don't go. use too much jargon profit and loss statement or an income statement they're synonymous they use interchangeably mm-hmm. but people say P&L so yeah but um, to your question a lot of things are grouped on in the accounting software unless you have some foresight and want to do a little bit more analysis in the way you set your accounting yeah. system up. So I'll give you an example. We use Xero. We talk about that a lot. One thing you could do in Zero is you can create what's called tracking categories. And in this business, you could have a tracking category for each... R- I'm going to call it a route. I don't know what else to call it. Yeah, each, that's fine. You know, each route. And then you would know... Okay, you could run that P and L, which was essentially be the totals broken down into columns. I see. So now you could then see, okay, if we were doing our accounting properly, which wouldn't take much effort and it could be set up really easily, to then show, okay, I know route one makes a hundred grand. Why does route two make seventy? Well, we're starting to notice that he gets the seven houses instead of eight every day. Mm -hmm. Okay, what's his issue? Or are we? Do we have him spread too far? Is he going to? He needs a faster truck. He needs a whatever. (laughs) You know, he needs a sports car. Yeah. Uh, but you, you know, get what I'm saying. So yeah. now you're getting into nuances of data. Okay, yeah. that
0: makes a lot more sense to me. I think I probably never drilled down or organized right. it enough. And I will say, um, for all the people like me on the other end, I, you can make your own chart of accounts. Chart of accounts is the
1: categories. Chart of Yeah, chart of accounts are the, that's right, the accounts that make up your financial statements.
0: Yeah, believe it or not, you'll appreciate this. I think I've mentioned this. When I first started in business, I thought those were like, handed down from the government (laughs) like because i had only ever had to turn that into like an accountant and i just assumed like oh well is this like a legitimate category (laughs) for like the government you know like um and you're just like no man you can call them whatever you want well
1: i think i think what you have to understand is within within reason i say within reason you'll get my point you make up your financial statements so that they make sense for you to run your business. Right. Now, there can be overkill. I have a client who has a six-page P&L. It's a bit much. It's too much information.
0: Yeah. He doesn't get a badge when he comes in? That sounds like... No, he he should
1: get a spanking. <laughs> <laughs> No, literally, we laugh about it. it's like it's six page l The yeah. guy who's listening to this, he will know exactly what I'm talking about, and he will laugh because yeah. he knows. He goes, "That's just how I want it." Yeah. But to, back to his point, it makes sense to him. Right. But uh, yeah, you can you can you can do things reasonably. Yeah speaking, that makes sense for you to manage your business.
0: Yeah, I only threw that out there because, like, and we've joked about how, like, when you get in business, like, you just go, initially, it was, like, you get books, right. you do do Right, and things. they give
1: you a, a can uh, chart of accounts. Yeah,
0: well, exactly. And, mm-hmm. and you just assume, like, okay, there's nothing about that form that looks like, oh, this is, I'm free to do what I want with right. this. It just feels yeah. so official, like, all right, this is, I've got to make my stuff fit into this. That's right. You don't realize that it's a tool for you until Absolutely. you have a conversation like this. So.
1: Yeah, no, it's, um... I think I'm glad we're getting off into the concept of like we're drilling down a little bit from okay cash flow and P uh, cash flow and profitability profitability being on the income statement or P and L, and then understanding that okay once we get that footing okay I understand my P and L and look guys I have clients who are not accountants obviously and get this stuff this is not right. a barrier to entry in fact. You can't. What I always say is, there's certain things in your business you can delegate. You cannot delegate the understanding of your numbers. Mm-hmm. You just can't. Right. You if you watch any show, you watch Marcus Lemonis on The Profit. He says you got to know your numbers. It's right. so true. I don't care if you're running an ice cream stand or a car wash or a manufacturer that you know does 100 million dollars of revenue. If you don't understand, if you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be a daunting task. You can get some things that you understand conceptually and from a common sense standpoint that makes sense to you. And if they work, do those things over and over and over. Right.
0: Well, good deal. I think that's a great place to end it. Um, Check back in with us next week for another episode. We'll be airing this on all the major podcast platforms. And if you do need help with your accounting and want to get more information and insight, go to mirror.group. And um, there's a self-assessment you can take there. That's a great little quiz style. yeah, it's a quiz, and, yeah. and you can go through that, and it'll give you basically an assessment on kind of where you are and right. what, what the next steps are in sort of getting your accounting straight, accounting straight, Right. and go ahead.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, um, just most people know, but it's M-I-R-E dot group, only slice of the world where it's MIR is where we're at in South yeah, Louisiana, okay. but every one of my friends from across the country is like, <laughs> Marcus Meyer, yeah. like... To tell them, but it's, yeah, it's Mir. Um, but yeah, the website's a good spot to go,
0: yeah. And ha- for our Chinese listeners, uh, <laughs> <would it> be- <laughs>
1: right, yeah, yeah, was, this has gone multinational, yeah, I'm sure, exactly.
0: Um, no, yeah, so Mir M I R E dot group, yep. Um, go there and get started. You can take the self assessment, you can find out more information about the total control accounting system. It's a complete roadmap that you've designed to kind of help. Any small business owner really go from where they feel like their accounting is in chaos um, to find total control in it and really get a handle on their business. So That's that's a wrap. See you next time.